Lord is in the house this morning. Where the presence of the Lord is, anything can happen. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes, I've got a table up here. Yes, I've got the Todd coming up here. We'll get to that in just a second. A couple of Sundays ago, Sister Terry Spears was here. And she gave a testimony. And God used her to ignite a spark in me that would become this word of God to us today. And she used Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. And it says this, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And she talked about the table not just being a table of food or of blessing. It is both of those things. But it's also the connotation in the Hebrew is it is a table also of strategy. Where God sits down at the table to give us direction and lay bare the enemy's plans. So this morning, by the grace and the mercy of the Lord, we're going to be fed and instructed because the general is here. The general is here. If you would bow your heads and pray with me, anointing over the word this morning. God, we come before you and we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds and our spirits and that you would speak to us. Anoint these lips of clay to say the words that you have appointed and we will give you the thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So today, we all have a seat at the table. And the Bible uses the imagery of a table and people sitting down together in many places time and time and time again. Here we have it in Psalms that we just read. There are many instances in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. And it's often over food or discussion or instruction. One of the most easily recognizable religious paintings in the world is that of the Last Supper, the scene where they were seated together at a table. God likes tables. He likes sitting down and eating. He must be from the South. So our general, our commanding officer is here today and we are to receive the instruction in what he wants done. Now the fact that he is here with us is significant. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Staff Sergeant, if you'd come forward. This is Staff Sergeant Todd Prince. That's right. He is one of our own. I am proud of him and his service. And to all of our veterans, thank you so much for your service. We appreciate you so very much. But he is a staff sergeant in the Army National Guard. And he is a soldier. If orders were to come down that we were going to be at war, 
and he was called up, he would receive orders, and if there were any soldiers placed under his command, he would give orders to those soldiers. Staff Sergeant, here are your orders. So, he's not the top general in his branch. So, he doesn't make the orders. He just gets the orders and gives them down as he is instructed to do. So, let's say that America was at an active war. We were being attacked right now, like we have been in times past. The Joint Chiefs of Staff would sit down at a table together to determine the course of America's strategy in the war and our plans for it. The heads of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines would all have their input and make decisions for the course of how the war would go. Now, the general over the Army is not going to bring orders to the Navy or the Air Force. He has his own branch of the military. And he's going to take the Army's responsibility to his commanders and give them their orders for what parts the Army will be responsible for in each and every part of the campaign. Those commanders will then give orders to the divisions that are under them. And those divisions will break down the orders to their squads. And the squad commanders will then give orders to the soldiers under their command. And at a table of strategy like this one, the, the soldiers receive their instructions. They know where to be, they know what equipment will be required, and what their objectives are. They get to ask questions and get answers if anything is unclear. And they are given information on the enemy's whereabouts, as well as what is known of the enemy's equipment, weapons, and capabilities. Their commander will lay out everything for them that they need to know to get the job done. And then, once the instructions are given, the meeting is ended and the soldiers are dismissed and the events are then set in motion. But there's a problem with this scene. There's a commanding officer here. He has orders, but there's nobody at the table for him to give them to. And so it is entirely possible for us to miss what God has for us if we do not sit at our seat at the table. The instructions are there, they're laid out. There are maps, there are charts, there are instructions, and someone waiting to give instruction, but he can only give instruction to those that will listen. We have to have a seat at the table that we occupy, not just one with our name on it. Staff Sergeant, thank you, you're dismissed. Our table in the spirit we receive both strategy, which is direction, and food, which is our sustenance. Strategy is what we need to do in God and the things that God is planning specifically for you and for me to do. As God is a gentleman, he is not going to force any instruction on you at all. He has a plan. And if we decide not to participate, then our part will have to be done by someone else. He will not force us. However, if we are willing, he will give us insight and direction. 
He will place callings and burdens on us, and not just at the beginnings of our lives, but God can further instruct us and give us new burdens and new callings as we grow in Him, whether you are 15 or 85. God still has purpose for us if we will listen. The food at our table is strength and peace that we need to do the things that he has for us to do. And it's not enough just to have orders. One needs equipment as well. All soldiers may be issued fatigues, but some specific jobs require gear that not every soldier is given. Scuba tanks are needed for Navy SEALs that are going to be diving underwater but those scuba tanks would be a hindrance to foot soldiers moving through dense forests. So there are pieces of equipment that some soldiers get that others don't because of the needs of that particular operation. And so too with us, God gives different giftings and talents and abilities as he will to accomplish his specific task that we are assigned. The table is prepared for us and the verse says, in the presence of our enemies. Now, if this table had been used as a, a battle planning table, it would not have been in the middle of a war zone. That's not generally where we have a strategy meeting is where the bombs are coming down. That's just not how we do it. However, because he's God, he can do anything that he wants to, which means right in the middle of the fight, the Lord can sit down with us and show us exactly what the enemy is trying to do. He's going to do this, and then this, and then this. And you see this thing? Let me open your eyes and show you what this is and where it's coming from. And then he'll show us how he's going to bring us out. It shows us that God has a plan even when we are under attack and in the heat of the hottest fighting, he can stop everything and say, whoa, stop. Bombs are still coming down. You're going to be okay. You, you look at me. Storm's still blowing. Winds are still waving. But you look at me. Shh. Listen to my voice. It's going to be okay. I'm going to talk to you. Doesn't mean the storm goes away, but it means God has a plan. But the thing is, we have to sit down at the table in order to participate in what God is doing. We can't just observe from a distance and be a part of what God's doing. We have to make a choice. Listen to this verse where Moses sees the burning bush. Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, he being Moses, and behold, the bush was burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And here it is, verse 3. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, then God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. God didn't call out of the middle of the bush until Moses stopped and said, okay, that's different. Something's going on here. I'm going to turn aside and see what this is. And he headed towards it. 
and whenever he had appeared at the place and he was now looking and examining what was going on, then God called him. God didn't call him just because there was something supernatural happening. He called him whenever he said, I've got to have more of this and know what's going on. And it's the same with us. If we just sit in the pew and wait for God to change us, then we will stay just as we are. You can go to a party. They have food set up, and you can walk around snacking on a little bit of this table and a little bit of that table and leave and still need to go somewhere and get something to eat because you're not full if you never sat down and ate at a table. And it's the same way with church. You can come in those doors and sit down at a pew and the singing happens and the preaching happens and you're getting a little bit here and there and ooh, doesn't that feel good? Man, I liked what they said or I didn't like what they said or whatever your reaction happens to be. But if you never sit down at the table and get involved, if you never move from your place of comfort into what God is doing, then all you're ever going to do is get snacks and you're going to go home hungry. The Bible says that it is the bread of life. And I can set bread in front of you, but it's not going to make you full unless you break off a piece and begin to eat. I can give you all the food in the world, but I can't make you eat the food. So in church, things, even like the invitation to come down front and pray, it's not just a tradition. It is a physical statement of faith. God, I'm moving out of my pew and away from my comfort zone and physically moving my body towards you, symbolically towards the front or into the aisle or whatever. Here I am. I offer myself to you. Because God prepares the table, but we have to decide to sit down. The first part of Psalms 23 says he makes us lie down in green pastures, but we have to be the ones to actually take a rest. Because you can lie down in the bed and scroll TikTok and not feel rested afterwards. You can lie down, but then you have to rest. It says he leads us beside still waters, but we have to decide to drink. The water does us no good if we don't take any of it. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, but I have to put one foot in front of the other to do the things that are righteous and not do the things that are unrighteous. Just because he leads me and shows me the path doesn't make me righteous. It's only whenever I allow him to clothe me in his righteousness and then I walk in it. The preparation, the planning, and the calling is his part. The accepting and the doing is my part. And we have been talking over the last several months about God moving in our midst. And if you go back and you scroll through Facebook or the podcast of the titles of the messages that God has given us over the past 12 months, it's easy to see that God is ready. And so then the question becomes, are we? Are we ready? And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see what he is going to do. And to me, here is the amazing part. In a table of war, the general that gives those orders 
he doesn't know those soldiers that are going to end up getting the orders. They are soldiers under his command, but nine times out of ten, he doesn't know what their names are. They don't get to see the general. They get to see their commanding officer. But today, we have direct contact and direct access to the general. The head general has the overarching strategy for the whole branch of the military they run, but they don't know all of the people in it. Our general does. Today, we don't get orders from a commanding officer. I'm not here to tell you what God is going to do in you to activate and enact the things that he's been building into us because I don't know. He's not told me. I don't sit down at the table for you. I sit down at the table for me. And so we get our orders straight from the general, and today the general is here. Our commander-in-chief, the one which the orders originate from, he is here this morning to sit down at the table with me and with you. I don't have to go through multiple layers of command to get these orders. I get them face-to-face -face with him. And he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. And he's the one true and living God that spoke the universe into being. I, I told several last week, Brother Joel Ershon at Bot brought out an amazing point in in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and, and about the third verse is where we say we have the verse that says and God said let there be light and behold there was light and we, we look a lot at that word light but if you step back one phrase and you look at let there be let there be in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word hayah that's how it's said and, and he, wasn't, he wasn't doing a karate move, but that, that's how the word is said, ha-ya. And it is a form of to be, to bring into existence, to exist, ha-ya, let there be light. But you go over to the book of Exodus right after where we read the burning bush experience, and whenever Moses asked God, who shall I say sent me? And, Je and Jesus, what well, God says, I am that I am. Tell them, I am that I am has sent you. I am, the Hebrew word for I am, is Hayah. Which means on the first day of creation, he stepped onto the balconies of heaven and he didn't just say, let there be light. He said, I am light. And there was light. And the I am is here today. Today. And I feel this so strongly in my spirit that he is here today to start the instruction process in some of us or in all of us, I don't know, but I feel emphatically in my spirit that what God has been building today, he's wanting to start instruction in some of us. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what Anthony does. This is what Dylan does. This is what John does. This is, this is what Kim does. This is what Cindy does. 
in what God is doing right now. So we are going to end the service this way. I'm done. Mostly. Almost. First, first ending. First closing. But I want everybody to stand. Once they start the music, I want as many as are willing to sit at the table to come down to the front or move out into the aisle if there's not enough room for us all out at the front. But in some way, kneel, stand, whatever you'd like to do. But physically, I would like for you to change position from wherever you are to signify, God, I was here the whole service, but now I want to sit down at the table. I don't want to just be where I'm comfortable. I want to be where you can give me instruction. I want to symbolically move from where I am to being where he wants me to be. And I may not know exactly where he wants me to be. That's okay. That's part of my instruction. As long as I'm moving towards him, then he begins to give me instruction. Moses didn't even know he was going to go to speak to Pharaoh whenever he saw the burning bush. He just turned aside and said, I'm going to go towards that. And once he did, God began to give the instruction. Young people, someone could receive their calling and their direction for what God wants you to do for the rest of your life today. And not just the young people. If we are sensitive to God and we allow Him to speak, then He can place in any of us a burden for what's next in our lives. Now, we use this example many times of if the president would come in, we would all stand and applaud regardless of what we thought of the political person, but because of the position, we would applaud. And today, the King of Kings is here. The General is here. And so the question to me and to you is what, what would you do, do if he walked into the room? If he walked into the rest of this the service room. is up to you. He is here.